listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast, exploring all things on the Great British Baking Show, with your hosts, Alison Roche and Lisa Vukmirovic. Hi, I'm Alison. And I am Lisa, and we are the Soggy Bottom Girls, coming at you with Bread Week. It's another Bread Week. <laughs> it's another one. Another Bread Week. Love it. Yeah, you're a, but you're a bread maker, so I can understand why you love it. I am learning more about bread all the time, and I really enjoy it. So much fun. I like fun. that. I yeah. like that. I could probably count on my mm, two hands the amount of times I've made bread. Oh, but, my um, goodness. I and know. I even had a focaccia party this past week. That's pretty impressive. Focaccia art party. I highly recommend it. And if anyone wants to know how to do it, give me a call. Yeah, I have been wanting to do that ever since you told me that that existed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do dig the artistic part of that type of thing. And I do love focaccia. The thing is, it is very, very easy to make. Super easy. Just those four ingredients. And then I had um, mm-hmm. the dough all made. And some of my friends, I, I made five pans of it, put out little bowls of like peppers and herbs and onions. And we all made beautiful, beautiful works of art that were edible. Very fun. Do you, do you brush yours with olive oil? Um, before or after? There's or, quite a bit of olive oil underneath. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't stick. Um, the most important thing, I wouldn't brush it with anything because it's so, so soft. Focaccia is such a soft dough um, to sprinkle salt on. And then we dip it in like an herby olive oil after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I do lie because I used to have a focaccia bread recipe that I really liked. And maybe 15 plus years ago, I made it with some frequency and I thought I was so clever. Clever girl. Because they had you take a wooden spoon to, they had you take a wooden spoon to punch little little holes, not mm-hmm. holes, but divots. And then you would paint it with olive oil and put fresh mares, rosemary, not rosemary, rosemary on it to bake it. And it was always so good. Mm-hmm. The videos that I've watched have you just take your, your stretched out hands and go, sorry, sure. nobody can see me do that with my hands, but the sound effect is, that's what you do. <laughs> but enough about me. Let's talk about a Same chocolate effect. loaf. Chocolate. Well, Oh yeah. It was a chocolate bread. I was like chocolate bread. Yeah. It was chocolate bread. A loaf um, I was thinking chocolate. ahead of myself. I was thinking ahead of myself because I've recently bought brioche, chocolate brioche from Aldi. Oh, yeah. And I'll bet it, it was delicious. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, have you made chocolate bread yourself? Um, do you remember a few episodes ago I made the babkhala? It was like a babka mixed with a challah bread. Challah. And that was like a very enriched um, with a layer of chocolate and cinnamon in there. Yep, so, I do yes, remember that now that you sort of 
mm-hmm. bring me forward. Um, who stood out to you this week? Anybody's oh flavor? Well, I was paying close attention to the babkas because I may I did make a babka <laughs> this week. Did, do, you mean, sorry, did, do you mean Quran? Do you mean Qurans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul. Not a babka, but a Quran. Gosh. And so just to be clear, a Quran means that you shaped it into a circle, right? I believe that a Quran is a centerpiece type loaf. So yes, you saying shape it into a circle makes sense. Uh, but I, I also, mean, is it like a, I'm thinking a crown. It's a circle, Quran, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Quran means crown. Okay. What I read, it's kind of a French, a French traditional Christmas loaf. Okay. But I don't know that that's the end all be all, but that, that a crown is typically stuffed with a fruit and a marzipan. So hmm. I'm not really sure why Paul was so insistent on calling, I think it was Benjamina's and uh, was it Selassie's? He, they both are calling theirs I think so. Yes. And the babka has, it's a rolled, you roll it up like a cinnamon roll and then okay. you twist it. Not braid. It's just, it's like a horseshoe along, what did she say? It, it was like a tuning fork, a long, long, you know, ah, view. Yes. And then you just twist that and put it in your loaf pan. So it has mm-hmm. to be a loaf and not a circle. Got it. Maybe, maybe that's why. Got it. I did some standouts to me in this challenge were uh, Tom and his quote, Aztec-inspired, which was weird to me, but chocolate, orange, cinnamon, and chili-flavored. I thought that sounded delicious. And, and also, it was excellent. Tom was so smart to make it so shallow. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he made it, what, two inches thick when it was risen? Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? You're going to get done on time. Mm-hmm. When time is of the essence, people making these big, and then some of the fillings were so heavy, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just think thinking that way is really, really smart. And also Andrew had a loaf where he only had to prove it once. And, you know, it only rose one time. Everybody else was on a two proving system. And you could see Andrew was like, uh oh, uh oh. I'm not doing, I'm not doing like everybody else. And he, they really liked it. He got it baked all the way through and it was good. Exceptionally good. So it's the, it's tricks like that where I'm like, why are they not thinking more in terms of, Hey, if I make, if I make this smaller, if I make this smaller, I'll get done. Cause there, there was no weight requirement. There was no height requirement. There was no size requirement. You could do whatever you wanted. Right. Why isn't anyone listening to me, Allison, about tips (laughs) when they're on the show? I did have, I have flat in capital letters next to Andrew's name in my notes, but, uh, you know, it was well done. And he said that he practiced it that way and Paul loved it. Mm -hmm. There you go. And then there were those who had raw and heavy wallpaper paste like poor Benjamina. (laughs) because <laughs> it just it didn't get done in the middle they mm-hmm. candace's so raw inside remember he was like yeah 
They did. They didn't like it at all. Didn't he say oh, he wouldn't eat it? Oh, was hers the one that was really raw? And they wouldn't taste it. Yes, he advised and, Mary not to eat it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Candace, she's always crying about yep. something. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of underbaked Biting ones. Her lip. <laughs> yeah, I think Rav. We haven't talked about Rav very much on this season, but he actually made made a loaf that. It was chocolate and cardamom and hazel. And Paul absolutely loved that. And it was nice for him to stand out with that one. I wish I had some more cardamom recipes. I got to branch out a little bit. I've got a big old thing of cardamom that I paid like $9 for. And I got to figure out how to use it. So do you have a bag of the pods, basically? Is that what it looks like? Or it's the seeds? It's ground. Or is it ground? Oh, yeah. it's ground. Oh, yeah, gotcha. it's ground. It was from my um, Dutch cinnamon rolls that my friend challenged me to over quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it, it called for cardamom. And mm-hmm. it it is. It's amazing. That flavor is good. But I just, I made some cardamom cookies and then I never got much farther. So maybe I'll challenge myself this week to um, figure out how to use some cardamom. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. It's actually reminding me that we talked so much about bergamot last yes. week. Yes. And I need to just pause and let everybody know that I actually did do know how to use Google. Well, let's and tell us tell us what you know. <laughs> I need to look it up. Mm-hmm. So after I looked it up, it made sense to me as to why my personal experience with bergamot is candles, is soaps. Um, It's a really citrusy fruit, pardon me, a citrus fruit, but it has sort of the antiseptic properties that say like a grapefruit does. Mm. And so in our talks last week about the episode, Mary came up to Kate, who's making a bergamot lavender cookie and says it smells medicinal and I think it is so citrusy but with these properties that are sort of healing people use the essential oils a lot and they use the juices a lot to make um, medicines from basically Hmm. so I don't know have you ever come across it as a product you could purchase except for maybe an uh, essential oil no I feel like bergamot is in a essential oil blend that I may have. Um, but no, I've never come across mm-hmm. it that way. Where is it found? Do you, do, is that something that you looked up? Where is it found? It's native to Southern Italy. Oh, okay. And it's, I guess it kind of a delicate plant. It needs a certain type of environment for growing, mm-hmm. um, which also maybe makes sense as to why we just would see it in a essential oil or a soap or something like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But it makes me think less and less of Kate's cookies that were bergamot and lavender. I bet it was super soapy, medicinally smelling. Well, and lavender blends itself that way too, you know? Mm -hmm. There you go. Thank you for that show note, Allison. Excellent Googling. Very good job. (laughs) Uh, We did also talk about with Sophie when she was the guest last week. Mm -hmm. We talked about Lapland. Yes. And where Santa is, Santa has a lap. It's Lapland, right? 
Exactly. Saying it with a straight face, I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it in my heart. <laughs> it's actually part of Finland. And we made uh, a podcast, but wasn't absolutely sure of myself. It's a really sparsely populated area in Finland, but it has borders of Sweden, Norway, and Russia. And so it's called Lapland, which is actually L-A-P-P, L-A-N-D, uh, because the indigenous people there were referred to as Lap. And it's, I think, a little derogatory now, but it's called oh. Lapland because that would be an area where there are wild reindeer farmers and things like that um, with the native people from that area. But there is a lot of Santa lands and Santa excursions and experiences you can have. If the if reindeer Google, are running wild. Crazy. Maybe we can put mm-hmm. that on our travel mm-hmm. bucket list to go to Lapland. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've literally never considered going there, but okay. <laughs> Even though I'm Norwegian, huh? I suppose I could. They I probably could would welcome that. you with open arms, you little oh, Norse true. goddess. <laughs> uh, well, we have sort of a, a hmm, it's not Scandinavian, it's German, right? The technical, the Dampfnoodle. Dampfnoodle, I just like to say it. Dampfnoodle, like. It's going to be damp. That's what I, I think. It's going to be a Is damp German noodle. Or Austrian? I don't know. They they both speak mm-hmm. German though, right? Mm-hmm. We're such uh file this technical. <laughs> file it what? <laughs> file this technical under I don't like. <laughs> that is the name of my folder that it is in. I don't nice. like this technical. Yeah. What about um, you? In terms of what it turned out to be, maybe not, but I loved, you know, when, when there's a technical challenge and Paul says, you know, when they're describing, he'll be like, if they lift that lid up, if they lift that lid up, it's going to be ruined and I'll know. And then you watch, you, you see a certain number of them who are like, don't touch the lid. If I lift this up, it'll be ruined. And then there's Selassie like peeking, peeking, peeking. And then he's like, oh, I probably let too much of the steam out, you know? So I love, I love technical challenges when there's Mm -hmm. like one very specific thing that they need to do, you know, or not do. And then somebody does it. I think that that's always an interesting challenge. Because I don't know if that was in the instructions. Probably not. Don't lift the lid. But if you're thinking to yourself, well, these buns are steamed. And when you're steaming things, are you supposed to lift the lid? No. That's cooking 101, right? Until you're done. So I don't know. I think it was a cool challenge. I'm not going to say that it's anything that I want to eat. How's that? Got it. The stressful part for me was... Paul saying that it had to be done and browned on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, but they're not supposed to move them. They're not supposed to lift them and check on them. And they wanted this crisp bottom. Basically all the liquid had to evaporate. Right. And they had to guess. Yep. I don't know. It's not in the wheelhouse of many people, including me, and it's not really baking necessarily. So I mean, I guess it is the steaming, but 
I don't know. Well, a lot of times they do donuts and stuff, and that's frying. So oh, that's true. And it falls that's under true. the the umbrella of baking, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm never going to make them unless somebody makes me. <laughs> well, the fun part of part about this technical was that Val came in first. Yes, she did. Yes. She did well. She did very well. Probably because of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more experience. I feel like Uh, she said Poor Rav came in 10th. Did she? Yeah. Poor Rav came in last. Um, Andrew was second, incidentally, and Slassie kind of in the middle. I just picked a random Even though he lifted his lid. But I do like that Val was able to even though he lifted his lid. It was funny because Paul did say, oh, this is wrinkled. Yep. Because too much whatever steam yep. escaped. And- you cannot get anything past him. And anytime somebody says, oh, I'll cover this up and they'll never know. And right, like right. you're living in la-la <laughs> land because Paul is going to know. He's going to know. I also think think the showrunners immediately just go tell them everything. Like, oh, just make sure you look at the d- underside of this one. Make sure you count them. This person said they were short one, you know. You know what, Allison? <laughs> There's nothing in the world I like less than a tattletale as a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and you're saying those producers are professional tattletales. Well, there is hope. For my kindergarten <laughs> class in the uh, entertainment industry, you can work on a reality show and tattle on the bakers, you lucky little children. Mm. Just don't come running this, to me. Yeah. This week's showstopper. Kind of. In my mind, it didn't live up to other bread week showstoppers. Yeah. I agree. Plated loaf. Plated loaf, right? Oh, I guess they needed three flowers would be the other piece of the challenge. To me, that is the ultimate challenge. I I don't work with any other flowers. I would be like, oh, do you mean cake flour and strong flour and (laughs) regular flour? But to use Mm -hmm. all the different flowers, I, I don't know how you would. I don't know how you would do that with the proofs and all that. That seems extremely difficult. And and to me, I love that kind of challenge rather than, again, turn it into a bread lion or a swan or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. This is more about the baking than it is about the art. Have Even, you done like sorry, a four ahead. strand? I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Actually, have you done a plated, not just a braided, but a plated loaf with multiple strands? Have you done that? I feel like you have. I've made um, I've made challah before, and that's it, it, we just did that on a a sheet, not in a mm-hmm. loaf, and not in a ring. Mm-hmm. So I was guess it, was the challah three strands? It was just three. I've mm-hmm. I haven't been I haven't made a four yet, but I told you I'm practicing with the play doh at summer school. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. practicing with the four strands, and the kids are like, "Do that with mine." do that with mine. That's so cool. I'm like, I, I keep messing it up. <laughs> so I am, I am going to try a four strand soon. I think the best plated loaf was Kate with her corn maiden. For sure. I think it was the best example and over and above uh, beautifully designed and done. And she was rewarded for that. They, 
They really liked it. It, it yeah, they really hers, liked it. Hers to me was a the most artistic. Yes. And be the most put together. Because even though, you know, Tom made his Jorgen Gander and Mjolnir, like they look like uh, furniture you would buy from Ikea, the names. I thought, um, it wasn't put and together. I thought it looked like fallopian tubes. I thought it looked like fallopian tubes. And it's funny because, because what did Mel say? That's rather male. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it was just long. But um, you're right. You're right. And I, obviously they liked it, but um, I thought that Kate's was so well thought out. And I think that's one of her best things. She really thinks things through. She puts just enough challenge in there for herself to make yeah. it um, a little over what they want, but not too much. I think she has a good, a good grasp on that. You're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. That's a really mm-hmm. good way to describe it. Yeah. Not, not gilding the lily and going for style over substance right. but still being very creative and mm-hmm. artistic i agree yeah it was well um, done jane did a chorizo did you hear that they said it like the spanish chorizo not with chorizo. the th <laughs> yeah chorizo really chorizo and chili mm-hmm. oh they that parmesan that sounded really good in there <laughs> how'd you like uh veil's informal <laughs> Noah's Ark or whatever. She had a big title for it. (laughs) That was sad. She she sang a little hymn and they all went into the ark to get out of the rain. That was her title because it was some kind of hymn. But I felt real bad for her because it looked just like it looked like something I could make, you know, just big puffy pieces of bread that you she literally like leaned them together. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, oh Val, you're better than this. You came first in the technical. Come on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it wasn't great, poor thing. And that was just I think she gave herself too much to do. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Uh Benjamina stood out with her braided bread heart. Paul said it was gorgeous, gorgeous, yes. gorgeous. Bold and glorious color. Mm-hmm. And Andrew too did well with his basket. It was a little clunky, I thought. Um, and of course, they criticized the plating that it was more of a weave. <laughs> Darn <Jeez>. you! <laughs> I know. I don't know. You know, they asked for a centerpiece. Should you have gone for that basket? Maybe not. I feel like he he did something that wasn't part of the brief, as they say. I'm using the air sure. quotes. And so you it's just like, you know, in some other seasons where people add macarons onto their cake. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good, but it wasn't what we asked for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. Not to criticize Andrew because you know how I feel about him. Andrew Weasley, yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> Andrew Weasley. Selassie, uh, so it was kind of a mixed bag. They said it wasn't a very cohesive design, and he was sort of doing his, yeah, this is how it would fit together. The three flower loaves were very classic, separate. Classic Selassie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on a trip and we all <laughs> had this under the tree and then we saw some flowers. You know what I mean? He's like from he's the president of the Liars Club. Yeah. That what what is what does he say? <laughs> that's the ticket or whatever. I don't know. That's what the that, ticket. That guy says, mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and my wife, Morgan Fairchild. 
Sorry, <laughs> I digress. I just listened to a podcast with um, John Lovitz. So he's very funny. But yeah, his three loaves did not go together. No, not a centerpiece. Michael's Greek plated, plated loaf, olive branch loaf with hummus. They the Cypriot, you mean the Cypriot loaf? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about his family's drink because it reminded me of your husband's drink from your wedding where now I'm like, wait a second, that was a Serbian drink, but your husband's not Serbian. Now he's Croatian, but we do have a bottle of Croatian yeah. in our house. What was that that we drank at your wedding? Oh, well, as we've talked about before, my husband has a Serbian last name, but we found out that he's actually Croatian, which... Would have killed my mother-in-law, but, you know, God rest her soul. She she doesn't have to know. Um, we have a drink called Schlievovitz, and it is a plum of plum brandy. And you, it, I have two bottles in my house because that when you're a Serbian person, you're supposed to have it in your house. But as much, <laughs> as much as I have... Um, tried to avoid it. I have had a couple shots and you usually do it at like funerals and stuff, um, which sounds strange, but I have um, fond memories of my mother-in-law holding out a tray of the little cups and be like, you have to do this. It's for my mother's soul. So <laughs> you just do it. And the funny thing is um, like, I took some over to my friend Kate's house, yes. like sort of as a joke because um, her husband was uh, Italian and they had something, I can't remember what the name of it, but she's like, this is the worst liquor there is. I'm like, hold my beer because <laughs> I have got this. I have got this. And then my friend, my other friend, Sarah, she just thought it was something to drink and she took a shot of it and you thought you would have, sh you had shot her in the chest with a gun. She was like, <laughs> she's like, Oh my, what was that? I'm like, why did you do that without my supervision? I would have talked you through it. It was so bad. You know I feel the same way. And I'm assuming that liqueur that they were having was, um, the Greek, like something like Uzo, which I really don't like. Do you like Uzo? Do you mm -hmm. like black licorice? Uh, yes, but I don't like, no, I don't like Okay, because I worked at that Greek restaurant, Uncle Paul's, as you know, and Uzo was flowing all over the place in there. And I, I had some, and I'm like, this is maybe the worst thing. And then I had Schlebovitz later. So, Where sorry. Where so my... oh, I, I think you can probably get it at the liquor store, but Allison, really? I don't need to buy it. <laughs> because uh, nobody's ever going to drink it. I have a bottle and I'll have it until I die. <laughs> when it came when it came around at your wedding reception in Detroit, Michigan, what was it? 26? 26 years ago. 26 years mm -hmm. ago. I felt like I had been shot in the chest too. <laughs> but it, it was it was like someone almost brought it out of their coat jacket like it was in a flask. Of, yeah, oh my gosh, it was so strong and I couldn't <laughs> that's what I was thinking of and laughing at totally when Michael brings out the family spirit that's called like 
souvenir or souvenir or something like that. I want a souvenir. Oh my gosh. And Paul's reaction to like, he takes a swig of it. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. Yes. Michael does his, he's laid out the Cypress flag and. He was very done. proud and it was a, you know, a family recipe. He was very proud of that. And you know, when he, when he gets sent home, spoiler alert, he, um, he says, you know, if I couldn't do this with my family recipe, I'm, I'm, you know, super, I don't know how they said, not gutted, but he was bummed because it was such an important recipe for him, you know? Yeah, it was, it was too bad. It was too bad. And there are some things, well, again, not spoiling now he was sent home and, this bake sealed his doom of not just not a very great weekend. And it wasn't but, braided um, either. It wasn't braided. Right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those ones that sort of melted into itself and didn't have a strong. It happens. Design. It happens. Um, Candace had uh, one that didn't, Michael didn't braid. Right. I'm sorry. I'm on. Is a, is a Cypriot. Yes. Not at all. Do you, oh, you want to talk about Candace? We can. How, how did hers? She stuck little pieces of cheese and stuff in there, didn't she? Hers also, was not memorable to me, Also, honestly. what did she put in there, Allison? <laughs> olives, the dreaded <laughs> olives. And the, first of all, the top one wasn't braided right because it all squished together. And then they're like, you put mozzarella in there. I can't taste it. You put olives in there. I can't taste it. I'm like, of course you can taste the olives because they're so disgusting and they look so disgusting, but no, they couldn't. So yeah, she was mad and disappointed in herself and said on the way back, would she say goodbye, everybody? Yeah, she did. I believe she does that more than one time. She's a little dramatic in, in that and you her think? lip biting and lip pursing. <laughs> yes. And oh. then I don't know if you notice every time she gets attention, she acts like it's like, oh, what me? What? <laughs> Are you kidding? What? Like it's very camp. Oh, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not, not a hater. Just saying. No. Um, I'm sorry. I skipped ahead to Michael because I was so excited to talk about the fact that there is a Michael with his same last name. I think it's Giorgio. Uh, Sorry, Michael and all your Cypriot compatriots, but Michael (laughs) Giorgio is his name. Yes. Giorgio, maybe if you're French. Oh, let's go for Giorgio. He is a mystery. He has almost no online presence. All of his Twitter and his Instagram is all private. You can't access any pictures or anything. So I just instead looked at the other Michael Georgiou, who is also a Cypriot. He's a professional snooker player. Really? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe we should see if he'll come on the podcast. I know. That's what I thought. Do you know what snooker is? I don't. Uh, a card game? Mm-hmm. No, but close. Pool? Like pool? Yeah. Good okay. for you. It is. It's like guess. billiards. Yeah. It's like billiards. I just thought that was funny. But back to the the great British baking show, Michael. <laughs> he, I don't know what he's doing. Michael, oh. if you're listening, let us know because... 
I found his Twitter, I found his Instagram, and that's it. There's no website, there's no pictures of baking, there's no anything out there, and I don't know. So if his Twitter is private, can you request to be let on his Twitter? I think you can. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. <clears throat> Maybe and see you if he has anything to say, because I, I like Greek people. I would like to talk about baklava. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I know there was one little interview with him. <clears throat> there was a little interview with him right after uh, he was booted off that said he was really disappointed because bread is kind of his thing. He said that was what I thought I was good at. That's what I was looking forward to. And then to be kicked off on Bread Week was really disheartening. Remember our friend that. Jordan said the same thing. We were like, what week did you really want to get to? And he left. Was it before Bread Week or did he get to do Bread Week? I can't remember. Mm, I feel no, like he, he didn't, didn't get to do it. He didn't get to do it, no. But he was most no. excited about it. He was. And remember, he said that's what all the men wanted to get to. Oh, He's really? Like, the men think that, you know, bread is the more masculine of the baking things. Sure, so sure. I just yeah. I always think of Jordan when I think of that. Poor best friend, Georgian, Georgian. <laughs> poor, I was looking at Michael's name, George, Georgiou. Georgiou. Poor Michael and poor Jordan. <clears throat> yeah. So the star baker was Tom. Yes, it was. Kind of a surprise. Because of Thor's I hammer. Like <laughs> because of Thor's fallopian tubes. Yeah. Thor's fallopian tubes won it. And I think that should be the title of this week's episode. <laughs> Thor's uh, fallopian tubes. And everyone will be like, yes, absolutely. That's what it was. Done. <laughs> and dusted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Soggy Bottom Girls. Or connect with us at SoggyBottomGirls.com. And may all your bakes be worthy of a Hollywood handshake.